Welcome back to Live from West End. Today is the second episode of the show. We are now into the second week of the school year, and I am joined by always Deputy Sports Editor Aiden Rudman, and we have the honor to have Frankie Sheehy today, who was with me covering the Hawaii game last Saturday. Obviously, Vanderbilt edged out the Rainbow Warriors by just a one-possession game, but there were a lot of sloppy plays throughout the game, and if you play like that against SEC opponents, that will not bode well for the Commodores. So without further ado, Frankie, give us your thoughts on what went well and what didn't go well in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, a little bit of a tricky night, uh, especially starting with a 90-minute-plus weather delay. Uh, but then having some good moments against against Hawaii, a lot of A.J. Swan had, a, I thought, a really good performance uh, other than a few questionable decisions. But uh, the past defense the biggest weakness, uh, allowing way, way too many explosive plays. Um, but other than that, pretty solid overall. It didn't ever feel like they were going to lose the game. Uh, maybe, maybe a little there were, bit. There were the scary end. moments, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no, for the most yeah, part, they were in the control. To give, to give everyone context, there was a point where Hawaii successfully converted an onside kick, but their receiver was had one foot out of bounds. If they converted that, there would have been a bit of a scare. I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think Swan played really well. I think he had, like, overall pretty efficient game, clean game, one of the few three-plus touchdown games he's had. Um, I thought he was methodical. I really liked the way he looked just throwing to McGowan and Shepard in particular. I thought that that connection, both sides, just looked really natural, as if they had been playing together for a year. Um, that was encouraging to see. And then also, like, even, like, London Humphreys getting involved with that big touchdown and, like, Kamarion Carter had a big catch and I think Skinner got a little involved. I don't know. I thought he spread the ball around really, really nicely. I do think he might have held the ball for too long. Absolutely. A couple instances, taking a couple yeah. unnecessary sacks slash pressures. Part of that's probably on the offensive line playing pretty poorly, I think. Um, we can talk about the offensive line and that effort later, but I think overall, yes, yeah, Swan played really well. I think Swan did play really well, but there were one or two throws, like I said, against better defenses that would have completely changed the narrative of the game. When yeah. you're up by a touchdown, you can't be throwing a ball into the Hawaii defender's la- uh, lap in our own end zone or in Vanderbilt's own end zone. That was a really just errant throw. And I just want to talk about Shepard and Skinner for a second. Everyone before the year was talking about how Shepard's an NFL draft um, watch list and be- – award winner preseason award winner watch list and you you really see him coming into his own as a captain and as a senior i think that's going to be really exciting so he's not a captain but he is a senior and a veteran on the team yeah and i think two touchdowns for him really good for the career and, and, let, and let's see how he builds on that and then also mcgowan he had a kick return touchdown which was the first kick return touchdown for vanderbilt since 2014 which yep. is a nearly a 10 yeah. year long streak which is really bad <laughs> 
but thank God that that uh, that streak is over. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, a lot of this, a lot of this, and this is what I said in in the anchor analysis video. If you want to go check that out, Saturday night. Uh, but a lot of the game came down to the big plays, and it seemed like all of the big breaks, uh, the two interceptions, the touchdown return for the touchdown, uh, the kickoff return for a touchdown, uh, all the big plays went Vandy's way, uh, the big momentum changers. And maybe you're not able to rely on that down in the future, but uh, those are some really cool moments and really good to see uh, DeRicky Wright and Jaden McGowan having those moments. Yeah, and DeRicky Wright having two interceptions really helped the Vanderbilt secondary not get an F. If I were to grade them, I would say they maybe got a D because the whole secondary looked terrible except DeRicky Wright who had two really nice um, interceptions and the second to help seal Vanderbilt's um, first win of the season. Yeah, uh, a D might be generous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I might, I might lean towards a D-, minus, but I do agree it's not an F because of those two interceptions. To your point, Frankie, the big plays... Definitely encouraging to see Vanderbilt kind of taking advantage and capitalizing and being explosive. I think that's a super uh, characteristic of just an average SEC offense. On the flip side, the running game wasn't entirely convincing. I thought, obviously, Patrick Smith had that touchdown to open the game, but other than that, really, really, I think other than that touchdown, they probably averaged less than a yard per carry, which is extremely concerning. I think that appears in the total yards. Hawaii outgained Vanderbilt by almost 100 yards. They outrushed them. They outpassed them. Um, they, they kind of, you know, play for play might be considered the better team. Um, but Vanderbilt had those moments. They had the kickoff touchdown. They had the two interceptions that kind of flipped. You know, one of the interceptions was in the end zone. Hawaii was about to score. So that that and the kick return touchdown, I mean, that just kind of flips it 14 points in Vanderbilt's favor. Um, so Vanderbilt obviously wins. I do think they need to play a more cohesive and complete game in the future. No, absolutely. I think you, you hit that right on the head, Aiden. And, and when we look ahead with the Alabama A&M game, this is also a team that, that struggles against opponents that are better than them. Alabama A&M, I think, played, I think it was UAB last year, and, and they scored around 50 points. But this will show, can Vanderbilt really kill a team like they did against Week 0 against Hawaii last season? Because that will really help you have a good building block and, and something to look for in the Wake Forest game and UNLV game. The goal should be for A.J. Swan to be out of the game after the third quarter. That should be the goal of the team and, and all of the starters, honestly. But, but, but what's, what's hindering Vanderbilt, in my opinion, is their lack of pass defense or, or getting to the quarterback on defense with Darren Agu out and really not much from Capers and Cecil and Nate Clifton. So what do you guys think will need to happen for Alabama A&M's defense to not be getting these touchdowns or 20-plus or yard plays that really keep them in the game? I mean, I think just as you said, there's gonna mean there's gonna need to be um, a little bit more precision on the routes from the from the corners, and there's gonna be need to be a lot more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, you can't give him eight seconds every time to pick out the pass, uh, and you just are gonna need to put them under pressure because Alabama A and M is a team that you're gonna be able to beat, and you're gonna be able to hold them down if you can keep them under pressure and not give them uh, that kind of time. Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of a tune-up game, like you said, Andrew, and I think more than anything else, it's it's got to be a formula type of game to be like, all right, this is the formula we need. So they're going to, I think, probably try a few different things. I'd like to see them 
like send the house a little bit and just be like, you know what, like we're not stopping them in the secondary. Like let's let's bring a, a linebacker in or, or or even two and, and you know send send the send the rush, create that pressure, less time for the corners, drop maybe the corners into a zone, um, and just kind of give them a little more cushion. I think limits the big play and and puts a lot more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I think. It's kind of difficult when you've got a guy like Ethan Barr at linebacker who's really great dropping into coverage, and obviously C.J. Taylor's great at everything. So so the temptation is, okay, the corners are struggling. Let's send them back there. Let's help them out. But at the same time, there's no amount of coverage that's going to stop a receiver if the quarterback has all day to pick out a pass. Like you got to make him make a decision, make a mistake. Absolutely, and you saw that a lot in the game. So B.J. Anderson had a lot of struggles on the perimeter, yep. but once he kind of cleaned that up, the middle was wide open, and the tight end would find a lot of – Open, open field. Of course, like you said, you're going to have that when you have six, seven, eight, eight seconds of just a clean pocket. So that's really important. And then I'm really excited to see how the rushing offense improves if they do. Like we said, Ray Davis going to Kentucky is such a big loss and Mike Wright. Yeah. So because you're losing that ability. And Clark Lee said, in the, what's interesting to me is Clark Lee said in the postgame presser that Vanderbilt's kind of ground and pound game this year is more like dump passes three four yard plays is that him almost saying that the running offense won't be vital for them to be winning games it's more about them finding openings in the passing game because that's something that i didn't really understand the post game presser and why as a head coach are you saying that you're not going to be relying on your run game to be winning games he's he was saying that he wants it to be the three or four yard dumps that keep them in the game yeah i mean i think it's not the most encouraging thing to hear for sure. Um, and it's definitely in some way a concession on his part to the sense of, yeah, we're going to struggle running the ball and this is a passing offense and that's going to be our priority. Um, but it, it's it's concerning. Again, I think this is a tune-up game. I think that they'll do better on the ground. Um, but not even, I mean, Hawaii's defensive line is not one of their strengths. Terrible. So it was, it was pretty concerning to just see an overall inefficiency. Um, I'm continuously pro getting McGowan involved in the running game. I think he's got great ball carrier vision. I think he adds just another twisted element. Um, but I do think there there is definitely a little bit of reason to be concerned by that statement. Yeah, I mean, I'm well, I'm concerned about the way that a one-dimensional offense is going to play against SEC teams. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, honestly, how much we're going to learn about the run game this weekend uh, against a, a different caliber of defense, uh, but it, it's going to be a it's going to be a spot to get people more carries that might not have otherwise gotten them and see what you have because although we are running back by committee at the moment, uh, you can use you kind of tried to use last week, but you you're going to use some of this week to see who can get more carries. Yeah, and, and a big reason you saw last week jet sweeps or, or first two-pitch reverse and all these is just because they're trying to keep the defense on their feet. Because I, I know Patrick Smith had a good yard per carry attempt, but he doesn't bring the same type of explosiveness as Ray Davis did. So hopefully there'll, there'll be more jet reser- reverses. Maybe you'll see more with a three-headed monster with Gillespie and Alexander so maybe this will also be a game for us to say wow Alexander can really be the future of this Vanderbilt rushing attack and then what do you guys see with this wide receiver room I am so freaking impressed with McGowan and Shepard and and 
Gamarian Carter. Quincy Skinner hopefully will be back with his hamstring injury. This is, to me, Vanderbilt's strongest room. And what do you guys hope to see this weekend? It's definitely an encouraging set, and I feel like something that we harped on last week was that it is Vanderbilt's strongest yep. position group. Um, and it's one of the few position groups that you said, like, this is a strength, they're going to crush it, and they went out and they crushed it. Um, and there are some groups that didn't really do that successfully, so it was just really assuring to see that chemistry between Swan and everyone and him spreading the ball out. Obviously, seemed like he had his two favorite targets, two top targets on the team generally, so it makes sense that they would kind of get the most concentration. Um, but I, I like to see everyone getting involved. I would definitely like to see Junior Sherrill getting involved because I know uh, he had a great camp. Uh, I, I definitely read on Robbie Weinstein, former de- uh, sports editor of The Hustler a few years ago, um, on his 24-7 article said that Sherrill actually outplayed McGowan at camp uh, and thought that potentially McGowan's spot was up for grabs in the slot. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that progresses because McGowan played. Obviously amazing. Um but I would like to see Cheryl, you know, give him a break, especially if McGowan's returning kicks and punts. He's going to need some time uh, and, and some fresh legs. Yeah, and I, I think you'll definitely see a lot of that, especially probably in, in the second half on Saturday. Uh, Don't you, jinx it. Well, that that let's hope so. Not gonna uh, but you're going to see you're going to see Shepard and McGowan. I think are, are both going to have pretty good games on Saturday, and it's going to be a question of of what stands out. Um, and who, and you're going to have time to get those, you're hopefully going to have time to get those guys a rest and be able to see, uh, what you can, what you can come up with. Yeah, definitely. And now let's transition more to the, the key matchups to watch. For me, it's, it's their running back. He was all conference last year. He is their, their bread and butter of the offense. How do you guys think Vanderbilt's defense will be able to match up against the Donovan Eaglin? Who, who really just, he had four games with 100, 120 rushing yards or more last season. And I know these are against non-SEC type opponents, but how do you think Vanderbilt's defense will match up against such a strong running back when our rush defense really has been lackluster the past few seasons? Yeah, it's definitely a lackluster unit. Um, but at the same time, Hawaii's strength was allegedly their running game. And, yep. and I, I, I'm blanking on his name, I think. I can't remember his name. Tyon, I think, but whatever. Hawaii's running back is kind of supposed to be their best offensive player, and Vanderbilt held Hawaii to 25 rush attempts for only 40 yards. Um, so, th- so they played pretty well, and maybe part of that was game script and Vanderbilt going up early. But again, like that's the nice thing about playing a team like this is if Vanderbilt can go up early, then it's going to kind of eliminate that uh, that running attack at least a little bit. But I think they'll do a similar job. I'm not particularly concerned about it, despite him being a really talented player. Um, I think I think they'll match up pretty well. Yeah, I'm I'm not super concerned. Uh, I I think Vanderbilt's run defense is is better than better than average for a unit on this team, and so if you're gonna be a, if he's gonna be he's gonna be tough to hold down, but I think Vanderbilt's gonna have enough to do it, especially um, especially if the pass defense is improved. Absolutely, and and all things. So, uh, all signs point towards a Vanderbilt victory this Saturday, but as we all know, nothing is a guaranteed. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Look at the game against East Tennessee State two years ago. Look at Hawaii last week. Everything really comes down to the end. It's going to be exciting. Before we move on to soccer, we're going to do game predictions. 
Aiden predicted 69 points for Vanderbilt last week. 68, 68. 68, 68. sorry. Yeah, I, I'm, I was one point closer than you thought. Just one. <laughs> You're yeah. right. It was not a good prediction but for But no. we were both right in that they won. Yes. And I think you were right in that you said the receiver room really would show their excellence. I think what we overlooked was Vanderbilt's secondary hindrance, and it's going to be exciting to see how an, a team not even in Vanderbilt's conference or league can play against an SEC, parentheses, SEC uh, defense. So, Aiden, give me your score prediction. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I'll add before I put in my score prediction is I do think the secondary will play a little bit better this game only because I think the conditions were not very favorable for the Hawaii game. I mean, it was raining before, and that doesn't really favor the corner who kind of has to react to whatever the wide receiver or tight end is doing. Um, that being said... I do think I will predict another blowout. I do think this one is more likely to be a blowout. So I'm going to go 54 to 21 in favor of the Vanderbilt Commodores. And who, how many touchdowns does AJ score and how many rushing touchdowns does Vanderbilt have? I think Swan throws for two and Vanderbilt rushes for three. And the only reason Swan throws for two is because he comes out later and Ken Seals gets some action. I think. Uh... I think only getting one a uh, seven point win over Hawaii is gonna s- scare some sense into them. Uh, all, yeah. all, I was gonna be pretty close to eight, and I'll say forty nine to ten. I think the defense is gonna be a little bit better. I, I see a, a similar type of score. I see forty one to twenty eight though, because twenty eight points again. Yep, and I, magic. I, I'm just, I'm just not sold on this on this Vanderbilt pass defense, and I don't think something can magically change when. It wasn't just two or three plays last game. It was almost every other play yeah. where the secondary, where B.J. Anderson was beat, or there was one play where uh, the Vanderbilt secondary player had to pull on the Hawaii jer- player's jersey in their own secondary because he was so outbeat. So I see 41-28. Like I said, A.J. Swan really been showing that he's he's the commander of this offense, and that's going to be really exciting to watch. Now let's transition to the pitch. The soccer team, Darren Ambrose and Co., they had two wins. Frankie was at the game last week. Yet to have a loss. Yet right? to have a loss. They are technically undefeated. They do have two ties. Tell me your thoughts. I know the first few games they were really struggling to get the ball in the net. Me and Aiden talked about that last week. Yep. What have you seen differently from this Vanderbilt soccer team in week two from week one? Um, Honestly, I I think a lot of the problems are still there. Okay. Uh, defensively, they're, defensively is their biggest strength. Uh, they're so good on defense. Yeah. Maya Antoine. Uh, that that defensive force, Abby Brighton back there is is really not letting in a lot. Only they've only let in two goals in the four. You, you games. said the goalie could have been drinking a cup of tea last game, right? I allegedly said that. Yeah, uh, and I only said that in the first half, but it, yeah, it was pretty true. And and that and that was true against UMass too. These teams like these uh, UMass Belmont kind of teams that are just going to sit in and put eleven players in their own eighteen yard box the whole game. Uh, scoring is an issue. They had a lot of possession and didn't create a lot of chances um, against Belmont, or against or against Kansas, or against UMass. And I think you're seeing a little bit better from Rachel Dureski, who got her first goal back. Uh, Ella Eggleston, the the freshman, uh, that's really encouraging. But you're going to need to see this team be a lot sharper in front of goal. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it really just feels like a broken record at this point. I think they're going to continue to work it out. The nice thing is that they have a ton of returners and a ton of experience on the defense, so like that's going to be shored up. Um, but at the same time, you got to see them be more aggressive. And I mean, Belmont is definitely better. Scoring two goals is still, you know, good by numbers. But they had twenty shots and they had nine shots on goal. Twenty to two, too. Yeah, Belmont twenty only had to two. two. I mean, shots. like they they crushed them. The the score really should have been like five nothing. Um, I do think Ella Eggleston in the front is pretty exciting. I think she's emerging. I mean, she assisted on Duraski's goal. She scored as well. And then I think she also had another goal in the in the opener. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, th- I think she's going to be really good. I mean, she's only a freshman, so I think she'll continue to blossom and become better and better, um, even as the season progresses and then in the future as well. I think Ambrose really trusts her, and I think things are looking optimistic. Another thing to consider is that Dureski is coming back from a torn ACL, so she's probably still working her way back, and she's played a lot less than a lot of the other players, even the high school players who played their entire high school season last year. Um, I think she's going to continue to get more comfortable and more comfortable um, and and just continue to develop. I'm still optimistic. I still think they're going to improve. I think that they're going to continue to dominate possession, probably not score as many goals as they should, but hopefully by the time SEC play rolls around, they can score enough goals that nobody will be complaining. And SEC play is just four games away. Vanderbilt has four consecutive home games. The last of the non-conference slate will be at Nashville SC's Geodis Park on September 10th. So all Vanderbilt fans, all Vanderbilt Nation... Really encourage you to flock out to that stadium. It's the biggest uh, soccer-specific stadium in the country. It's a really great environment. And Shout out MLS. Woo. And that'll be really exciting. Yeah, exactly. Same that, ground that really uh, Messi walked. Yeah, and ground Messi walked, ground Aiden worked for. Yeah. And that'll ground be Ground really Andrew exciting. worked for. No, exactly. But but I, I think with four non-conference games to go, Vanderbilt's goal should be to be undefeated, undefeated going into – conference slate and having a few a few shutouts obviously there have been but not like two zero four zero five zero because when you have 20 shots at at net only getting two is really a bad look especially as they play much better defenses as as we wrap up the soccer any big thing you're looking for tonight frankie and jace will be covering the game tonight that'll be really exciting against kansas state what what are you most excited for I'm excited to see if uh, if there's a spark. I mean, Kansas State's not going to be as easy uh, as perhaps some of the games earlier have been to keep the possession, but also you got to keep an eye. Out, you got to keep half an eye on Northwestern coming at the weekend. The the team that knocked Vanderbilt out of the NCAA tournament last year. Yep. So it's it's going to be an interesting night to see uh, how the offense d- develops. Uh, you you know that Darren Ambrose wasn't entirely happy with uh, the Belmont performance. It's going to be interesting to see. Absolutely, and and we're going to keep talking about Vanderbilt soccer, and we can't wait. Aiden, what is your hot take Vanderbilt wise for this week, football or soccer? So, I've been thinking about this one a lot, and I'm gonna kind of just double down. Um, and I said last week that I think Swan was going to throw for 25-plus touchdowns. My hot take this week is that Will Shepard will score, I'm going to say three touchdowns next week. I think Will Shepard's going to go crazy. I think he's just got such a size and physical advantage, and I think nobody on Alabama A&M is going to be able to guard him. 
five touchdowns through the first two games is a pretty good start. He had a hot start I mean, last year. Yeah. I mean, if if I thought he was going to play four quarters, I thought I would think that would be in play. But he's going to do it in one quarter, Frankie. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you go first, Andrew. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I, I see. It's a negative hot take, but I see Vanderbilt secondary giving up two hundred. I see Vanderbilt secondary giving up 250 passing yards this weekend, and the reason being is I don't see much, much confidence in the Vanderbilt secondary. I said we we asked Clark Lee this this Tuesday, me and Frank went to the press conference. He said, Coach Lee, what do you see difference with, with what went wrong in the secondary? He said there were just a few plays that were correctable, and we have the right roster and the right team. First off, he's not going to bail on his team, but but I don't think they have the guys in place at this point to be playing shutout defense, and, and I, I hate to be pessimistic. I really hope that my hot take is wrong, but that is what I predict. All right, I'll, I'll go in the other direction. I'll, I'll, say, they, I'll say they hold Alabama A&M to single digits. Single digits. Single digits. But you wow. predicted 10 points. Well, that but that's his realistic prediction. Okay. Now he's got well, a hot take. Well, okay. What I say? I said 42 to 10? Yeah, can All you right, say 42 like 9? to 9. There okay. you go. There's your score prediction. Missed extra point. Frankie sure. predicts shutout question mark. I said nine title? points. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm messing around. Yeah. Um, Before we end out, Aiden, you want to talk about that that segment we did last week that we really liked? Anything but Vandy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me think. I like to come up with these on the spot. Um, so my ha, uh, anything but Vandy is going to be about Vandy but not Vandy sports. Okay. Uh, and I think that's acceptable. My anything but Vandy is that the absolute best spot to eat on campus is 2301 and the absolute worst spot that like makes me miserable and consider transferring every single time I go there is Zeppos Dining Hall. Wow. The food at Zeppos is awful. I have never had a good meal. What's there. your least favorite meal at Zeppos and what is your fi- what's your go-to at 2301? So my go-to at 2301, it's simple. And the nice thing about 2301 is you can kind of build your own thing and it's very fresh. Um but I go rice, get some greens in there, a little bit of spinach. A little bit of broccoli, carrots, corn, uh, some pineapple they added, which I think is a fun little twist. Um, and then I, I get as much chicken as they're allowed to give me. And I literally say to them, please give me as much chicken as you are legally allowed to give me. Um, and then I get, this is crazy. Okay, so my friend is friends with one of the workers there. And she recommended us this like really good combination of the sauces. So for our listeners that are familiar, they have like five or six different sauce choices. So we go... One third Japanese ginger, one third uh, chimichurri, and one third Thai chili, and it is like chef's kiss, folks. Chef's kiss. Um, and then my least favorite thing to get from Zeppos, generally, is everything. But if I had to choose one, I would say that I got a chicken parm there one time that gave me and all of my friends really, really. We kind of think that it was salmonella. Like the oh. chicken was like raw. Um, and like my friends were like sick after. Maybe just stick to twenty three hundred one here on out. Yeah, it's just a safe call. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's my anything with Vandy. You guys, I agree with half of that take. I think you've never been to EBI. I love EBI. Really, I go there all the time. Wow. Don't sleep on EBI because EBI has good breakfast, and the pho is good. Now, does it fill that's you true. up? No. Do no. I have to go back five times? Yes. yes. But, but you can at EBI. You can. So who cares? It's fair. I'm just talking purely quality of food. Yeah. Uh I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go back to an old favorite of the A B V segment. Uh-huh. And 
that would be the Premier League. Yes. Wait, which, what's your team now? I'm a Newcastle fan. I've been a Newcastle fan. I don't know what you're talking about. Newcastle. Tough draw today. today. was the Champions League draw, yep. and Newcastle got drawn to against- the group of death. The, in the group of death. Who's in their group? PSG. PSG, AC Milan, AC and Borussia Milan. Dortmund. So basically like the best team in the French League, the second yes, best yes. team in the German League, and the best team in the Italian League. And my hot take is going to be revised to Newcastle's getting out of that group. Really? I, I agree. Well, th- th- those games are all hard. If, if no one's a soccer fan, start off watching Champions League- Group play, in my opinion. I think those are the best games. I think you get spoiled a little bit, but I do agree that that's Fair. a good way to get into it. I think Newcastle's going to advance as well. I've been reading a lot about it on Twitter. I think PSG's pretty weak this year. Yeah, I agree. Good. And so, so is Dortmund. My, take, I like that my take has nothing to do with sports, a little to do with food, more has to do with like senior year and following up on plans. Since I was a kid, maybe 10 or, 15, 10 or 12 years old, there's always been a narrative when you run into someone and you don't know someone, you say, Oh, let's catch up. Let's get lunch soon. But no one ever actually like follows up on it. Never. What I, my new initiative is, it's like my new my new school year resolution, yep, is every time I see someone that I've ever thought or can remember saying, "Oh, let's get lunch." I followed up. 2 days ago, I got lunch with someone who I've been trying to every time I see them on campus, "Oh, let's get lunch." So I so I texted them a week ago, "Oh, let's get lunch at Chipotle Wednesday at 1." The, the the goal is just follow up on the fake offers. You never know where conversations can go. Don't just say, let's get lunch and not follow up. And this has been a, a, a key resolution. And I know this might sound stupid, but it's really affecting my way of, of looking at things because in a, any any gesture, there's something at the end of the light. And, and that's something that, that was really exciting for me. You're so wholesome on anything. Wow. Yeah. Back to back. I don't know back if you listen, back. Frankie, but he was talking about like a really sweet tradition he used to have with his mom. When he was yeah. like going to first yeah. day of school, first I thought he school. I thought he was going somewhere else with that. No, I, I thought too. he was. Gonna... I usually use it as an excuse. I can't yeah. lie, but I use it for like, I'll follow up if it's someone I actually want to get lunch with. However, yeah. sometimes but to I'm get like, out of conversation that you don't like, you can say don't get lunch. But these are things like, say you'll you'll you guys will understand juniors and seniors when you're with someone freshman sophomore year. You're you're just in a more social environment, whether yeah. it be a Branscombe or a Highland, and you see more people. And as you get older, your your friend group just gets smaller and smaller. So, so just, just staying the connections and keeping those connections there are really important, especially when you start to leave college. Well that's said. M- that's my third hot take of the episode. Well, High- Highland should never be torn down. Really? Yeah. I love Highland. Is it being torn down? Well, they, I think they, they backed up their, the yeah. plan. But they were going to do it after this year, but they moved it back. I saw they're, they're building a new res college next to um, Rothschild. Yes, Kirkland, I think it's for graduate students. Okay, they've been building it for seventy-five thousand years. I don't know. I'm really sick of this construction. Actually, I'm gonna leave that for my next anything but Vandy, so I can rant about it. Anyway, your two back-to-back anything but Vandys are gonna be about Vandy. Hey, yeah. <laughs> it's meant to be anything but Vandy sports. Okay. Well, and put that in the title. All right, you're not coming back on the show, Frankie. <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much. We loved having Frankie. Aiden's just busting chops. Really awesome episode. I'm Can't not wait to see. Chops. Can't wait to see you all in episode three once Vanderbilt is 2-0, and hopefully. If not, I will have to do something really annoying, maybe like 30 push-ups in front of these two guys. Um, really excited for, for next week, and, and it's, been a, it's been a great first start of the year, and can't wait to keep going. Thank you all.